Welcome to the Preacher Girl Podcast. I'm Diane Wright, and the title of today's reflection is Peace, Liberty, Justice, and Garaldi. And it was originally shared July 17, 2011, at Heritage Unitarian Universalist Church in Cincinnati. The opening words come from Barbara Wells. O spinner, weaver of our lives, your loom is love. May we who are gathered here be empowered by that love to weave new patterns of truth and justice into a web of life that is strong, beautiful, and everlasting. There are three readings, and the first two come from Albert Einstein. Strange is our situation here upon earth. Each of us comes for a short visit, not knowing why, yet sometimes seeming to a divine purpose. From the standpoint of daily life, however, there is one thing we do know, that we are here for the sake of others, above all for those upon whose smile and well-being our own happiness depends, and also for the countless unknown souls with whose fate we are connected by a bond of sympathy. Many times a day, I realize how much my outer and inner life is built upon the labors of people both living and dead, and how earnestly I must exert myself in order to give in return as much as I have received. And also from Albert Einstein, The most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and science. He to whom this emotion is a stranger, who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped in awe, is as good as dead. His eyes are closed. This insight into the mystery of life, coupled though it be with fear, has also given rise to religion. To know that what is impenetrable to us really exists, manifesting itself as the highest wisdom and the most radiant beauty which our dull faculties can comprehend only in their most primitive forms. This knowledge, this feeling, is at the center of true religiousness. And finally, from Dr. Seuss, Be who you are and say what you feel, because those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. For the last couple of years, when I do a reflection, I've started with the date itself. And I've realized that this is a kind of mindfulness exercise for me. And it's easy now, because you can look up any date in Wikipedia. But more than that, the long list of births and deaths and other events reminds me that every day, somewhere, a mother is straining in labor, Somewhere, a man is lying on a bed in a hospice, reflecting on his life. Somewhere, a prisoner is looking through the bars of a cell. Somewhere, a young man is falling in love. Somewhere, a politician is wrestling with budgets and information from lobbyists and constituents. As we sit, wherever we are right now, Somewhere nearby, there is joy and pain, unspoken. 
An old friend of mine, a minister, once told me, Diane, as you talk, always remember there is someone in the room whose heart is breaking. This habit of focusing on dates is a natural outgrowth of my long-standing use of Franklin planners. You know, as people grapple with the switch to digital planning, you don't hear much about them. But when I first started using planners over 22 years ago, it wasn't just about the planner itself. It was the process. Some of you may be Franklin devotees as well. Fifteen minutes of solitude and planning each day, that's the core of the Franklin process. You find a quiet space, and you reflect on your personal mission and goals, and then you focus on the tasks and activities for the day and the week, prioritizing and preparing. So as I was preparing today's reflection, two July 17th events caught my eye. The annual World Day of International Justice, commemorating the signing of the Rome Statute in 1998, and the birthday of Vince Garaldi, who was born on this day in 1928 in San Francisco. For me, the great gift of putting together a reflection is the chance to explore, to map out the topography of the isthmus, the little bridge of land that starts to become visible between these two events. And within that landscape, I find easy trails to the Unitarian Universalist principles. For this reflection, I especially kept coming back to the sixth and seventh principles, the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all, and respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. So today I want to share some of this topo map with you, and what I hope for all of us is that we leave our time together with new tools new inspiration, new maps for our own journeys. As we begin looking at the Rome Statute and at Vince Guaraldi's life and music, I want to have us think about an image maybe you've had a chance to see lately. You know how when you're wearing goggles or a diving mask and you're lucky enough to be swimming in a lake or in the ocean or even in a swimming pool, if you hold your head just right at the surface, you can see above water and below water at the same time. I like to think of that image as a metaphor for how we can hold, simultaneously, our awareness of the outside world. You could think of that as the sunny space above the water. And our awareness of our inner world. You could think of that as that beautiful but murkier place where sounds and light are different. And between those two worlds is our physical self. We exist physically in that surface tension, that energy that makes it possible to see the clear delineation between the water and the air. I was thinking about surface tension lately because of fruit flies. I encountered a cloud of fruit flies that made themselves at home in my kitchen last month when I let some bananas go too long. So I googled solutions to the fruit fly problem and it turns out you can use a glass of red wine vinegar. 
They're drawn to the vinegar, but you have to add a couple of teaspoons of dish soap. The dish soap decreases the surface tension of the vinegar, so when the flies land on it, they sink. So I realized I spend a lot of my time looking for dish soap, figuratively. I'm always looking for things and strategies that allow less of a barrier, less tension between the inner world and the outer world. You know, for me, I'm always hoping that's what a Sunday morning can offer. Whether it's in a sanctuary or out on a beautiful lake or out on a trail, I look for an experience that lets me sink into my inner world without losing myself there, something that lets me step back from the bright busyness of day-to-day life to get a better balance. I hope we can all find a little of that this morning. July 17th marks the 13th anniversary of the signing of the Rome Statute, which created the International Criminal Court at The Hague. This was a culmination of many efforts, beginning shortly after World War II, of nations gathering to try to do what we could to prevent future events like the Holocaust. The treaty itself is complicated, and not all nations have signed on. In fact, the United States initially signed it, but never ratified it, and then actually unsigned it. I'm not informed enough about the treaty to talk about the details. I really didn't know anything about it until I saw that July 17th was International Justice Day, and I started researching what that meant. The International Criminal Court, or ICC, governed by the Rome Statute, is the first permanent treaty-based international criminal court established to help end impunity for the perpetrators of the most serious crimes of concern to the international community, genocide, crimes against humanity, and war crimes. The court is not meant to take the place of any nation's court. In fact, nation states are expected to handle these cases, and the international court only gets involved when a nation is unable or unwilling to do so. But the presence of the court helps address some of the helplessness we all feel when confronted by news of some of the situations that have ended up before the court. Darfur, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Libya. I believe the presence of the court helps us move toward a world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. By the time the Rome Statute was signed in 1998, Vince Guaraldi had been dead for over 23 years. Most of us wouldn't be able to recognize a picture of Vince Guaraldi if we saw it, but chances are pretty good you've heard his music. And for people in the United States of a certain age, that music was an integral part of that formative experience of huddling as children, watching Charlie Brown specials on TV, And as I was putting this together and considering how people might experience it, I couldn't help but think of the teacher in all the Charlie Brown specials saying, But before he composed any of the Peanuts music, Vince Guaraldi composed the song, Cast Your Fate to the Wind. That was really the song that made him famous. He won a Grammy for it, 
and he said once that he never minded getting requests to play it. He said playing it was like signing a check. The producer of the Peanuts television special, a man named Lee Mendelssohn, was traveling in a taxi cab across the Golden Gate Bridge when he heard Cast Your Fate to the Wind on the radio. It happened to be the very week he was searching for just the right music to accompany the television special. The jazz columnist from the San Francisco Chronicle put him in touch with Garaldi, and two weeks later, Garaldi was performing the first version of Linus and Lucy over the phone for Lee Mendelssohn. John Hendricks, poet laureate of jazz, once wrote about Vince Garaldi, He's what you call a piano player. That's different from a pianist. A pianist can play anything you put in front of him. A piano player can play anything before you put it in front of him. Garaldi himself said, I don't think I'm a great piano player, but I would like to have people like me to play pretty tunes and reach the audience. At the age of 47, taking a break between sets at a jazz club, Garaldi was walking across the floor when he collapsed and died of a sudden heart attack. As I did research on his life for this reflection, I kept coming back to his original hit song. I kept wondering what he had in mind when he entitled it, Cast Your Fate to the Wind. What does that mean to you? The poet Rainier Rilke said, One moment your life is like a stone in you, and the next a star. And I find myself thinking that casting fate must be like hefting that stone that we all feel sometimes. I've thought about it a lot as I put together this reflection. I've thought, for example, about the difference between fate and destiny. Fate is something that happens to you, and it's often tinged with darkness and maybe tragedy. Destiny is something meant for you, usually positive, and it's something you reach or achieve. So casting your fate to the wind is like an unburdening, a letting go of some tragic end. What would that mean for the survivors in Darfur? or in the Republic of Congo, or in Libya? What does it mean for any of us who've been injured or betrayed? I talked during the children's story at this church service about time travel. There are two ways it connects to the topic at hand. One has to do with the wistfulness we feel sometimes, how we may yearn to be in another time, another place, especially when we face difficulties. Another has to do with the new lens we gain, the new perspective we gain, if we consider the way our time might appear to someone from the past or from the future. Thinking about time travel is a cartoon-esque way of illustrating the process many people go through when they have been victims of terror or injustice. They do something called dissociating, they disconnect with themselves. It's almost like they go to some other place, some other time. In my mind's eye, I imagine the stone of their pain 
the stone of their fate resting so heavily on their heart that their spirit literally has to come up for air somewhere else. And that's where this bridge led me today. From the International Criminal Court and millions of victims to this lovely song, to that desire we all share to help all who have suffered injustice find a way to heave out that stone, to cast that fate to the wind, so that they, so that all of us, can return to ourselves, can return to that balanced place where we see the waterline on our goggles and we have perspective on both our inner lives and our outer lives. So, does a stone weigh heavily on your heart? Sometimes we don't even have insight into our brokenness. Recently, I heard Carolyn Strong, the Human Rights Commissioner for the state of Washington, share her moving story about losing her wife and fighting for equal rights for gay and lesbian couples. One wonderful moment in her story centered on their game night each week. Friends would come over and play board games, and one week they were playing the game Taboo, where you try to get people to say one word without making them say a list of other words. She was trying to get them to say clumsy, and the clue she used was, I am often... And right away, everyone jumped in with angry, tired, sick, pissed off, sad, and it opened her eyes. What words would the people who love you shout out in that game? Sam Keen wrote, We come to love not by finding the perfect person, but by learning to see an imperfect person perfectly. And so it is with loving our imperfect selves. So it is with loving and finding peace in our imperfect place, in this imperfect time. Strange is our situation here upon earth. Here we are in our short visit, trying our best to balance our attention to the world outside ourselves, trying to balance that responsibility to create and support peace and justice with our attention to the world within. In the program at this service was written the quote from one of my heroes, Dag Hammarskjöld, an early Secretary General of the United Nations. Our work for peace must always begin within the private world of each one of us. That makes sense to me, that we can work for peace best when we ourselves truly know it. And that work, in turn, increases the peace we know in our inner world. It all comes back to the waterline and the dish soap. The writer Colette wrote, What a wonderful life I've had. I only wish I'd realized it sooner. May we all see the wonder of our lives with fresh eyes. May we all be alert to the new melodies and joys that come into our lives each day, the way an unexpected song found a man as he rode in a cab across the Golden Gate Bridge. May we all cast our fates to the wind and find new balance that lets us attend to the peace of both our inner world 
and the peace of the world we inhabit. All nations, all people, all part of the web that connects us all. Amen. for tuning in to the Preacher Girl podcast. You can hear more episodes at podbean.com or through iTunes. Many thanks to sound engineer Stephen Grant Smith, whose music appears on this broadcast. You can find more of his music on amazon.com or iTunes. Until next time, feed your spirit, live in love. <laughs>